1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 to 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God. All right. Good morning. Uh, see the kids have gone off to Sunday school. All right. Well, you can keep your Bibles open there, uh, and we're going to take a further look at that this morning. But as we begin, uh, let me open in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here. We thank you that despite the challenges of things like load shedding and technical issues, that it doesn't hinder uh, us from gathering and being your people and uh, from worshipping and praising you. And so, Father, I pray that as we continue to spend this time this morning, that that may be a deep sense and heart of why we gather that we get to come together and worship and praise you and glorify you and uh, enjoy you. And so, Father, I pray that you go before us as we turn to your word now, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, we are still in the series, as uh, Ludwig originally titled it, The Greatest Good News As We Go. Uh, And this week we are looking at declaring the praises of him who called Uh, declaring the praises of him who called. Uh, If you recall uh, some weeks ago, this is not the first time we are looking at this passage. Um, So Ludwig, uh, he did turn to this passage as well for us. Uh, He looked at a little bit more of it. Uh, But here we are again. And it's uh, amazing how scripture works like that. Uh, You can turn to the same thing a number of times and each time you look at it and unpack it, more comes out. Um, So it's living, it's active, and it's a joy to be able to look at a passage like this that is so true for us today as we gather together, uh, because this is about each and every one of us. We are all um, highlighted in some way by what this passage says. So let's read that just once again. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And as I was just preparing for this morning's uh, talk, I was thinking, well, why do we gather? Why do we come together on a Sunday morning like this? Uh, Maybe that's something that crosses your mind. Why do you gather? Why do you think you come here every Sunday, if you come here every Sunday? Um, Maybe it's something just to chew on. I'm not going to get us to turn to one another this morning. That's something that I think we need to just examine our own hearts on. What is the main driving force? What is the reason why you are sitting here this morning? What got you out of bed to be here? Um, and what is it, is it a joy to be here? Is this really where you want to be? Are you grateful that you get to be here? Are you grateful for the people that you get to spend time with this morning? 
Well, as we gather, we are gathering ultimately, as we've been looking at and picking up over the last couple of weeks, is that, uh, as Ludwig highlighted for us in the beginning, and I mentioned it last week again, that the chief end of man is? Okay, and? Okay, so to glorify God as the chief end of man and to enjoy Him forever is fantastic. So as we gather together, aspect of gathering together and coming here on a Sunday is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And that's part of being a church. We get to do it together, not just alone. We get to do it as a body of believers. So we come together to glorify God and to enjoy Him together uh, as we gather together. And beyond that, as we think about gathering together on a Sunday, and particularly this talk this morning is around that. It's looking at church and a Sunday service particularly, and how how does that function within the world of mission and being mission-minded, to be evangelistic in our gatherings. So often we look at going out into the world and being evangelistic, going out and reaching the lost But how does now the church, for example, as another avenue, also function as a sense of a mission field? Uh, It's sometimes overlooked because we think, either we think that we need to drag people to church, but it's not church that we're bringing them to, it is hopefully Jesus Christ. But it is also often seen as church is something that we as Christians do. We come together and we do this. And for the world out there, this is quite bizarre. It is quite a peculiar kind of thing to do because most of the world out there don't do this. They don't sacrificially get up early on a Sunday morning when they could be sleeping in to come to church. But here we are and we come together. So it is a peculiar environment that we have that we come together like this. And as we come together, we are able to be mission-minded in being here. The other side of it is if we're not here, we are hindering the possibility of glorifying God. So just to think about it, not saying that Sunday service is the be-all and end-all of being a Christian, but by us willingly not wanting to be here or choosing not to be here, we are actually not wanting to glorify God. Because God is glorified when people, His people, gather together. When we come together and sit around tables and fellowship together and pray together and sing together and discuss His Word together, God can be glorified. But when we sit at home or try and isolate ourselves, unfortunately, we are hindering the glory that we may bring to God. And that might be a tough thing to realize. Maybe it's difficult. And I'm aware that as I'm saying this, this is maybe going out to people that are not coming to church on a Sunday as well. And it's also a call for all of us to examine our hearts and say, do I want to be part of a body that glorifies God? Or do I want to sit by myself and do my own thing? It's a difficult thing to digest and listen to and accept. But we come together because... We want to glorify our Lord and Savior. But not only do we want to glorify Him, we come together to do something. So 
Ludwig highlighted that at least in our previous talks is that we gather together to glorify him and that is part of why we're coming together. But here is what we do when we come together. This passage picks up on an aspect of what we do. So as we gather like this, what makes us so different is there are many gatherings out in the world, whether it's in a rugby stadium or in a bar after the rugby game, or wherever else you may go where there are gatherings. It may be at a movie house. It may be uh, someone's kitchen, having a tea at someone's house, or whatever the case may be. We have gatherings, but what's unique about this gathering is that we come together to praise, to glorify through praise and declaration of who God is. It's a very different kind of dynamic. Some of the other examples seem very similar. Uh, A rugby game or a soccer game, sports games, those kind of things come very close to doing in some senses what we do here. You're gathering together to get excited, shout and scream and jump up and down for someone that or some a group of people that are doing something. And you follow them and you support them. And if anybody is against that team and you run across them in the street, uh, there may be a fight. I don't know if you ever you've seen the stories about how things happen in uh, uh, UK football and how violent it can get after a game. But that's part of how passionate people get. And sometimes they, they actually do show us a little bit up on how passionate they can get about something. But here we are. How passionate are we getting about Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? How filled with joy are we that we get to be His people? Verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Does that get you excited? Are you amped about that? Do you want to jump up and down about that? God's special possession. Are you excited? You're God's special possession. Clearly not. Are you excited? Yes? No? <laughs> Maybe? I'm not sure. we got to be excited. Okay, let's pause there for a moment because I'm really, I'm actually concerned that we're not excited about this. If you go to a rugby game, you can turn the most introverted person sitting in the stand into an extrovert because everybody around him is jumping up and down, getting excited, clapping and shouting and going mad. It's harder to do it at home. You're kind of reserved. But when you're in a stadium, you feel the atmosphere and you get involved. I'm not saying we're trying to create a false atmosphere, church. But if we truly are excited about being God's chosen people, then we should live it out. It should be something that rubs off on other people as we do that. So when people walk in here for the first time and don't know anything about who Jesus Christ is, when they look at us and how joyful we are about being God's chosen people, they become envious of what we have and want it. So next time, if someone walks in here that doesn't know us, we should hope that they leave excited about Jesus Christ. 
Not about us and how we do things, but leave here filled with a joy knowing that Jesus Christ wants them. Yeah? It carries on. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. As we gather together, that is what we are doing. We are declaring the praises that are due to him who has called us out of darkness and into light. Out of one state of being into a new state of being. Out of death and into life. And here we sit Maybe a little bit on the dead side this morning. But may we leave here filled with life. And that sense of life that he has given us. Jesus Christ has saved us. He has rescued us from ourselves. From our brokenness. From the very thing that would destroy us. He has saved us. He has given us life. He has set us free from our sins. And as the next verse says, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once you had no identity, Now you are marked by our Savior and Creator. Once you were condemned to death, it was hanging over each and every one of our heads that we are deserving of death. But in Christ, we can experience life. Does this make you want to praise Him? I mean, play a bit of a, I'm, I'm a visual kind of person. So picture for a moment, you are in a courtroom and you know you have done the worst thing possible and your sentence is death. You're, on, you, you're lined up for death row. Just picture that for a moment and you're sitting there and you know this is, this is it. I'm done for. This is the end. But in comes a savior. Someone that steps in and says, don't punish him or her. Don't give them the death sentence. I will take it. How would you have felt in that moment? I mean, it's difficult to imagine it. But imagine you are condemned to death. Your execution is being written down, the date's set, you're ready to go, and someone steps in and says, I will, I will die for you. Literally, I will die for you. We should be praising, getting excited, rejoicing, declaring the praises of him. Who called us out of that sentence. So focusing just a little bit on why we are looking at this series. This is the greatest good news that we are talking about. 
the greatest good news of Jesus Christ, what he has done for us. But as we are here this morning, as we think about that, there is a peculiar reality that the church does function as. And we've looked at how the church can reach our communities, can go out, how we can send people, all of those kind of things. But there is a reality that we can be missional right here, right now. Imagine that we are ten times less enthusiastic than what we currently are. And someone comes in, never having heard about Jesus Christ before. Do you think that they would want what we have? As we gather together, we have the opportunity to reach the lost, even as we gather. There's a peculiar advantage that we have as well, simply just where we are. I think we need to, where's JJ? I think we need to amp up the speaker on the outside and angle it toward the road. Because it is actually a privilege that we have a speaker outside our building because people passing by can actually hear something. And maybe it's enough to draw them in. But we can be a church that is, as we gather here, inviting anybody that may come past. Maybe it is people that are still searching. It doesn't often happen. Because it takes a lot for a person to come to a church on a Sunday morning. But on the occasion that it may happen, or someone that has been led astray over the years and seeking and still questioning and trying to figure it out, are we being that light to them? Are we being that example in our praise of our Lord and Savior? As they come here, would they feel and sense that what we have, they want? And that what we have, we are passionate about and real and enthusiastic and genuine about as we glorify God. It doesn't mean that we have to be, as I say, over the top. But if we look at how we respond when we're excited about something other than the gospel, we're probably a lot more excited. When you hear good news or when you experience something that gets you going, you probably get a lot more excited than you do on a Sunday morning. It's just part of the reality because certain things stir that in us. But we need to stir one another to that point where we get excited. As we meet together, that's how it's going to happen. As we gather together like this to remind one another, to stir one another up, to encourage one another, to build one another up. That's how we are able to not only be a light here, but as we go out as well, because that's going to be on our face. That's going to be what we're showing. And, And good news travels with you. You know that? So generally... Good news and bad news. So if I run into you in the middle of a week and see you, your face is telling me whether you've had good news or bad news in the week. So as we gather together, may the good news, the greatest good news, be imprinted not only on our hearts but on our faces. That as we engage with people, they see something and they go, why are you so positive or filled with joy or whatever the case may be because this world is filled with bad news and you you just look different 
but we can see it in one another's faces. If you get good news, and Ludwig made this comment a while back, if you get good news, you want to tell people. You don't want to keep quiet about it. So let's do that. Maybe it's one of those things we need to practice. We need to tell one another. Maybe I'll challenge you with that. Tell one another after the service. Find someone. Say, you have been saved by Jesus Christ, by His blood and His grace and His mercy. And that is the greatest good news. And then that person must smile at you. (laughs) Really smile until you believe it. But smile. Because that should get you excited. That should be good news constantly for us. This morning, you woke up still a struggling sinner like all of us. And the good news, the greatest good news, is that Jesus Christ has dealt with that. He has dealt with you. Rejoice in Him. As we meet like this, may we be a joyful representation to those that are seeking, those that are lost. And that if we invite people in that don't know the gospel, that don't know Jesus, that this may be a space where they really can see that there is something more than anything that this world has to offer. And what we can offer is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that the greatest good news is that you have given us your son Jesus Christ to stand in the gap for us, to die on our behalf, to deal with sin and death. And in him we can rejoice. May we declare that. May we declare him and the praises that are due to him in our being, whether it's in our actions, in our words, as we gather together like this. May we remind one another, stir one another up, so that we may be the light in this world. Father, we, we thank you that uh, we get to be here. Maybe we don't always want to, but we are here. But may that change and grow into a desire to be here. A desire to, at every opportunity, to be with your people. Because where two or more are gathered, you are present. So Father, I pray that we may have this deep desire grow in us to praise and declare your name as we gather as your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.